Negative 100,000 AR, the Equilorians, one of the most ancient inhabitants of the multiverse, begin their search for enlightenment. The Equilorians were powerful human-like beings, but so far it is not known if these beings were planeswalkers or a civilization that developed and controlled powerful magic. The planeswalker Urza would eventually visit these people thousands of years later. Fast forward about 80,000 years, around the year 20,000 AR, the legendary dragon Nicol Bolas would be born. Further into this time, the Plane of Dominaria would be ravaged by the Dragon War, which is a war between the Elder Dragons and other Dragon Clans. Nicol Bolas, along with other Elder Dragons such as Arcadus Sabbath, Paladia Mors, Vivictus Asmati, and Chromium would be the victors of the Dragon War, with the losing dragons being driven to the ground and never to fly again. Those stripped of their dragon titles would become the ancestors of the Drakes, Vaishino, and Worms. Nicol Bolas around this time would ascend and become a Planeswalker. Around minus 15,000 AR, Nicol Bolas battles a demonic leviathan in the first ever Planeswalker duel. This fight would reduce the Dominaria area, Madara, to about one-third of its size. This fight would also create the first time rift on the world itself. What remained of the defeat of Leviathan came to be known as the Talon Gates after the victorious Nicol Bolas devoured the Leviathan remains. Dominaria would be conquered by the primeval dragons, and then later on by the group of powerful wizards known as the Numena. In other parts of the multiverse, the human Sarah ascended becomes a planeswalker after experiencing a life-altering tragedy. She would create her own plane, which would be known as Sarah's Realm. On the plane of Arabia, the six Jinni tribes wage war on each other, which would later lead to the humans becoming the leading race on the plane. On Ravnica, the guild pack is created after the long war between the Cesarzum and Razia. The Ravnica guilds would divide duties across nine guilds to better the plane overall. Ravnica would begin its slow transformation into a largely urbanized plane. On Lorwyn, the Queen of Fairies Una begins manipulating this plane by causing long series of daylight, followed by an aurora, which is a period of long perpetual night. And on the plane of Alara, a mysterious planeswalker tears the plane into five separate shards with each shard containing only three colors of mana. These shards would have the color combinations of Bant, Esper, Grixis, Jun, and Naya. The people of Alara would eventually get used to the split, and knowledge of a unified Alara would eventually become a myth. Going into the Thran storyline by J. Robert King, Around the year negative 5,000 AR, or about 100 years before the Thran Phyrexian War, the city of Halcyon affirms its position as the capital of the Thran Empire. Within this time frame, there was a power struggle between the elitist Imperials and the supporters of a Republican style of government influenced by the lower classes. A little more than half a century later, the Thran artificer Glaceon would be born. Glaceon designed many of the Empire's most powerful artifacts, including the Power Stones, in which the Thran technology was based on. Six years after the birth of Glaceon, the character Yawgmoth would be born. Yawgmoth was not just known as a medical genius on Dominaria, but also known for his highly controversial solutions to medical problems. He would also become the most well-known villain in all of Magic the Gathering lore. About 30 years after the birth of Yawgmoth, House Yadalita stamp out the last of the Republican resistance in which their allies the Thran Eugenis are exiled. The Thran Eugenis are exiled because of their approach to medicine which contained things like germ theory and medical surgery. About five years later, the Artificer Glaceon is stabbed by Gix with a Power Stone Shard during a riot consistent of untouchables. Glaceon becomes infected with Thysis, and Yawgmoth, one of the exiled eugenists, was the one who diagnosed Glaceon with having this disease. Yawgmoth was called upon by Rebecca, Glaceon's wife, to help her husband and would play a vital role in this time period. Rebecca is also one of the main architects of Halcyon and sits on the council. With word of Glaceon having Thysis, this would eventually start a series of riots and social unrest by the lower classes of Thran society, since most of these people lived in the caves of Koyos under the Thran manor rake. Over the course of seven years, Gix would lead the Untouchables uprising against the people who gave them Thysis, while Yawgmoth discovers a serum that would slow the disease down. This will in turn quiet down rebellion, and Yawgmoth's political power and influence would slowly become stronger. The female planeswalker Dyfed arrives on Dominaria seeking out Glaceon, who had a latent planeswalker spark, and recognized an idea by which an entire plane could be mapped out by the interior of a power stone. Glaceon would reject and ignore Dyfed as being a ploy of Yawgmoth, which led to Yawgmoth eventually recruiting her to help him find a plane for himself. The arrival of Dyfed would start the fall of the Thran Empire. One year after the arrival of Dyfed, Gix leads a second rebellion of the Untouchables, but Yawgmoth, with his increased influence, now holds power over the defense of the Thran capital Halcyon. He quells the rebellion, but would get the rebellion leader Gix into his personal service. Parts of Halcyon must be rebuilt, but afterwards, a diverse range of delegates are sent to the capital to reveal that their countries have been ravaged by Yawgmoth and his followers during their exile. Yawgmoth was accused of being the mastermind behind a large number of plagues during the exile around the delegates' area. 
The different delegates included elves, minotaurs, cat people, barbarians, and dwarves, and tells the Halcyon Capital Council to revoke Yawgmoth's privileges or else they will declare war. When this ultimatum is heard, the council votes on it and the motion is narrowly defeated. Yawgmoth then overthrows the council, declares martial law, and begins his war preparations. The planeswalker Dyfed, under the orders of Yawgmoth, exiles the overthrown council members to the plain of Mercadia along with a group of Glaceon's goblins. Glaceon at this time becomes increasingly paranoid and develops mental disorders since he was wounded by Gix and saw that Yawgmoth was becoming increasingly powerful. On top of that, Yawgmoth and Rebek would become closer while the genus Artificer continues to slowly die. Later on, Dyfed shows Yawgmoth a new plane and a planar portal would be established to this area. This new area would be called Phyrexia. Yawgmoth encourages the population of the Caves of Koilos to use the portal to go to Phyrexia as an escape from Dominaria. He would then kill them off in order to create the first Phyrexian horrors. The Thran-Phyrexian War begins and the new Thran alliances start to see early victories. However, that would be short-lived as Yawgmoth's Phyrexian forces would tear apart the Thran alliance army. Yawgmoth won the Battle of Megaden Defile and the battle over the Null Sphere. The Null Sphere was a device that controlled the Thran's artifact warriors, but when Yawgmoth took control, he turned those artifact warriors on the Thran population. The Phyrexian forces also incorporated stone charges, which is essentially a weapon of mass destruction that leaves behind a dangerous death cloud. In combination with the Null Sphere, the stone charges could essentially deal maximum death to an opposing army and minimal damage to the controller's army. At the Battle of Halcyon, the plan was to use this combination on the invading Thran Alliance army, but the Null Sphere was sabotaged and with the stone charges dropped, the death cloud remained. Yawmoth and his remaining forces would then lead a portion of the remaining population to Phyrexia via the planar portal. After these battles, Dyfed would be killed by Yawgmoth for her defiance against him, and Rebecca would discover the two halves of the Power Stone keeping the planar portal open inside of Glaceon's wound. The Power Stones were placed there by Yawgmoth prior to the battles, which eventually killed Glaceon in order to keep the planar portal active. In an act of defiance against Yawgmoth, Rebecca took the new unified Power Stone, placed it into the planar portal, and sealed the Dominarian Phyrexian portal. This trapped Yawgmoth and his new followers on Phyrexia. Rebecca would then die by the Death Cloud still active from the Stone Charges, used by Yawgmoth. In an undisclosed period after the Thran-Phyrexian War and before the year negative 2400 AR, you had the Dacon storyline occurring where Dacon creates the Black Blade and the Archmage Zarl turns the Sarah Angel Trine into a fallen angel via the Horned Halo. Gaedrone Deheda, the person who ignited Dacon's Planeswalker Spark, corrupts the native spirit Cone into Sol Kanar, the Swamp King. At this point, the land of Karandor on Dominaria has the southern portion controlled by Deheda with the northern half being controlled by Zarl. After Dagon had his Planeswalker Spark ignited, Dehada would stab him with the Black Blade, taking his soul but not his life. He would wander for many years as to why Dehada did what she did. Eventually, Dagon would run into a boy from Karth who would eventually have to help him after becoming bound to the amulet of Tifu, which the boy was carrying. This would leave Dagon without the ability to Planeswalk, but realized that the common enemy of the two was Dehada. Dagon and the boy, who would later be nicknamed Karth, adventure off. In that time, Dacon would fight off the Morrow Sorcerer Sol Kanar, combat the Elder Dragons Piru and Chromium, and Karth would help Dacon reclaim his Black Blade. It would soon be learned that the binding of Karth and Dacon was an elaborate scheme by Deheda. Deheda ended up taking the soul of the Elder Dragon Piru in order to gain a higher level of power. She would then mark Dacon the server for all of eternity, and Dacon's shadow would end up returning. After the encounter with Deheda, Karth and Dacon traveled to Tarissier, where Karth would establish his lineage the Karth Alliance. The Karth Alliance would become one of the most important families in Dominarian history. Meanwhile, Sol Kanar seeks to fight the fallen angel of North Karandor and try to summon the Skarzam dragons. The Skarzam dragons were known for both their strength and their intelligence, along with their strong magical capabilities. The summoning ended up being a success, but Savitri Skarzam would also appear turning the Skarzam dragons on them and starting a war with the inhabitants of the city of Cone. The outcome of this war is still unknown. Three centuries after the Sarah Angel Trine became a fallen angel, Eskil, the great descendant of the Archmage Zarl, summons the angel Rahel to subdue Trine. He does this in order to free North Karandor, and during the conflict, he was splashed with the blood of Trine, which made his skin and hair white. This, however, ascended him to become a planeswalker and becoming Eskil the White, guardian of the Whitewoods. Eskil would also become the mentor of the character Mangara. After another undisclosed period of time, the Murfolk country of Vidalia and the Murfolk colony of Ethan Shi would be founded. Along with that, you would have the establishment of the Shilton Empire and the founding of the militaristic kingdom known as Shelfur. In the year negative 2400 AR, the planeswalker Soren Markov would be born on the dark plain of Innistrad. 
Almost two decades after his birth, Soren would have his planeswalker spark ignited by vampirism placed on him by his grandfather Edgar Markov, who was trying to find a solution to aging. Edgar Markov was assisted by the demon Shogengar in this venture, but this would ultimately cause the vampire race to be started on Innistrad. Around the year negative 2000 AR, Tev Longlade, also known as Tevesh Sat, is born on Dominaria. Tev Longlade is known for his reoccurring appearances with the forces of evil on the plane of Dominaria and waging war on its inhabitants. Around negative 1600 AR, Soren Markov, Ugin the Spear Dragon, and the Lithomancer Nahiri imprisoned the Eldrazi on the plane of Zendikar. The Eldrazi are an ancient race native to the area known as the Blind Eternities and associate with no mana color, have no true physical form, and their nature is traveling between planes to drain both the life energy and the mana until the planes are destroyed. The Eldrazi would become a large and dangerous threat during the Zendikar and Gatewatch story arc. In the year negative 912, the capital of Argive, Penrigan, would be founded. Argive was a coastal kingdom on the large northern continent of Tarisier and was also the home of the brothers Urza and Mishra. In the year 0 AR, the brothers Urza and Mishra are born on Dominaria. Their mother would die from childbirth after Mishra is born and the brother's father would remarry. Ten years later, Urza and Mishra's father would fall ill and the brothers would be sent away to live with Takasia, an old friend of Urza and Mishra's father. A couple of years later, Urza and Mishra's father would pass away. Tokasia would teach the boys about excavations and the ancient artifacts from the time of the Thran civilization. In 16 AR, Urza and Mishra discovered the remains of the Thran artifact known as the Ornithopter, which was a device used by the Thran for flight. This was one of the biggest discoveries from the brothers for their six years under Tokasia and would lead to both brothers eventually modifying the original Ornithopter design for their own purposes. In the year 20 AR, Urza, Mishra, and Takasia discover the caves of Koilos, the place where the untouchables from the Thran storyline resided in. The trio discovered that the cave had an old Thran artifacts along with the planar portal that sealed the pathway to the plane of Phyrexia. Urza and Mishra acquire the Might Stone and the Weak Stone, which will leave the brothers wanting both halves of the stones. This would lead to Urza and Mishra firing their stones at each other, which led to an explosion that killed their mentor, Takasia, after she was trying to stop the brothers from attacking each other. After Tokasia's death, Mishra fled to the desert and would be captured by the Falaji Nomads. Urza would also leave to eventually become an apprentice clockmaker in the city of Krug, which was the capital of Yodia on the eastern portion of Tarisier. In the following years, Urza marries the Princess of Yodia in 21 AR. Mishra gains control of a Phyrexian dragon engine while also becoming the Falaji's head wizard in the same year. And the character Thanos becomes the apprentice to Urza, while the character Ashnod becomes the apprentice to Mishra, which happens in the year 23 AR. In the year 26 AR, a peace conference between Corlys, Yodia, Argive, and the Falaji occurs around this time but ends badly. The warlord of Yodia ends up dying, which leaves Urza in charge. In the same year, Mishra would continue to recruit more dragon engines from the plane of Phyrexia and the Brotherhood of Gix would leave their monastery for Koilos. Between the years of 27 and 28 AR, another peace conference would be attempted, but just like the previous peace conference, it would also end badly. This event would start the Brothers' War and lead to the city of Krug being destroyed by Mishra's dragon engines. The leader of the Falaji would be killed off, and Mishra would be appointed as the new Kadir of the Falaji. Near the end of 28 AR, Gix would arrive on Dominaria. In the years after the fall of Krug, you have the ancient family line, the Karth Alliance, allying themselves with the forces of Mishra, Harbin, the son of Urza's wife Caleb and Krug, being born in 29 AR, and the Third Way, which is an alliance of magic users, intellectuals, artificers, and historians seeking neutrality during the Brothers' War, and would be established on Tarisia City in the year 33 AR, but would be infiltrated by the Brotherhood of Gix. Along with that, the archaeologist Feldon would uncover the mysterious artifact called the Golgothian Silex in 34 AR. This device was extremely powerful, and when the glyphs on the artifact are translated, it says, used to wipe the world clean, to topple empires, to start again. In the year 35 AR, the kingdoms of Argive and Corlys unite their forces and name Urza Lord Protector of these combined kingdoms. Three years later, the combined kingdoms invade Yodia. From 39 AR to 42 AR, Urza's forces start to attack Mishra's forces in the area called Tomakul. Urza's forces would end up getting routed, and this in turn would lead to Urza's apprentice, Thanos, getting captured. On the year 43 AR, Mishra's apprentice, Ashnod, would help Thanos escape captivity. This would lead to Ashnod's actions being discovered by the Brotherhood of Gix and persuade Mishra to banish her. When exiled, Ashnod leaves for the Kingdom of Almaz, and Thanos would end up returning to Argive. Also in this year, Harbin would start to train as an ornithopter pilot, while Mishra's forces start to attack Tarisia City. In the year 44 AR, the Gixians, who infiltrated the Third Path in years prior, would end up betraying them. 
Teresia's city would fall, and Loran, the keeper of the Golgothian Silex, as per Felden, would have to flee the city. She would later be captured by Ashnod. More than a decade passes after the fall of Teresia's city, Harbin discovers the island of Argoth where the last years of the Brothers' War would take place. Two years after that, in the year 57 AR, Gix would end up luring both Mishra and Urza to Argoth and the brothers would occupy the island and strip Argoth of its resources in preparation for the future battles. In the year 64 AR, the final battle of Argoth would take place. Gix would make all the artifact creatures in Urza and Mishra's army to go berserk and cause chaos among the armies. In a last ditch effort, Ashton is able to give Thanos the Golgothian Silex that was taken from Loran, but would end up being killed by Gix. Urza would discover that Mishra has been altered by Phyrexian constructs after the two fight each other personally. He discovered that Mishra has machine components like some members of the Brotherhood of Gix. Urza would then become enraged which unlocks something inside of him. Taunus would arrive with the Golgothian Silex and give it to Urza, and Urza tells Taunus to seek safety. Soon after, Urza activates the Golgothian Silex, which releases a shockwave that destroys nearly everything on the island. This event would be known as the Silex Blast. Gix would escape via the Caves of Koilos, and Urza would ascend as a planeswalker with the help of the split power stones igniting his spark, and would then replace his eyes with the Weak Stone and the Might Stone. Afterwards, Thanos tries to convince Urza to stay and help rebuild after the war, but Urza would planeswalk away, leaving Dominary for some time. At the end of the Brothers' War storyline, it starts to snow. The Silex Blast would change the plane's climate, and thus beginning the Dominarian Ice Age. Within the same year, the Shard of the Twelve Worlds would begin to form, and the city-state of Almaz would be the only city-state on Tarissier to remain intact after the Brothers' War. Around the year 70 AR, the Planeswalker Taser would be born on the Plain of Arabia. During Taser's infancy, the Plain of Arabia would go through the event known as the Thousandfold Refraction. This is where the plane, places, and people on Arabia would be copied 1,000 times. Taser would end up being copied only 5 times, one for each of the colors on the Mana Wheel. In the year 74 AR, Loran from the Brothers War story arc dies from a serious illness. The character Feldon, who was also part of the Brothers War story arc, would try to resurrect her using different types of magic. Around 100 AR, the Sorceress Queen Nyla, in an effort to become more powerful, would seduce the Black Mana version of Taser and convince that copy that if he reunites with the other four copies, Taser would become a Planeswalker. The Black Taser would absorb the power of the Green Taser, but after feeling enormous guilt, the Black Taser would turn against Nyla. Meanwhile, the red copy of Taser would freely merge with the white and blue Taser copies, would defeat Nyla in their confrontation, and would merge with the black and green Taser copy. This would ascend Taser into a planeswalker, and he would planeswalk away. Furious over her failed attempts at obtaining Taser's power, she would create a barrier around all 1001 Rabias, which would try to prevent Taser from ever returning. Sometime between the death of Loran and the time of Rhea Day, the character Jarsal, who is the son of Harbin and would be the great-great-grandfather of the character Joda, discovers a spell to open a gateway to the plate of Phyrexia. He would leave behind portions of his diary and notes, which would help influence the Conclave of Mages on Dominaria. Around the year 170 AR, under the guidance of Rhea Day, the Sarpedian orcs and goblins would unite on the continent. Riyadeh was also responsible for the Havenwood Thalids to gain sentience along with inciting the Thralls to rebel against their masters of the Ebon Hand. The united goblin and orc forces, due to the Ice Age weather on Dominaria from the Silex Blast, would end up invading the Dwarven Empire. Around the same time, the character Tymolin Loneglade is murdered by the priest Oliver Farrell. Her brother, who is the planeswalker Tev Loneglade, would end up going insane, assume the identity of Tevish Sot, and convince the goblins and orcs to attack Icadia. The Vidalian Empress Galena, fleeing from the Homerids, which were the Dominarian sentient lobster creatures, accidentally time-traveled 3,000 years into the future. Vidalia would end up falling, and the area of Ethan Shee would become the new center of Merfolk culture. Lastly, around this time, the Thralls would end up destroying the Order of the Ebon Hand, the Havenwood Elves would become overrun by the Thalids, Icadia would be taken over by the Goblin and Orc Hordes, and the Thralls would eventually conquer all of Sarpedia. In the aftermath, only a few Orcs and Thalids survived the Thrall conquest. In the year 300 AR, the necromancer lich Nibiniral would activate his extremely powerful disc to end the war between Urborp and Bogarden. Little is known about the war overall, but essentially Nibiniral was outmaneuvered by the enemy army and in a last ditch effort activated his disc, which destroyed himself in Urborp. Nibiniral was also known for being the author of the Necromancer's Handbook, which is the main book on necromancy. From the year 413 to around the year 430 AR, there would be a few events that would happen. On 413 AR, the Dominarian Archmage Joda would be born on that year. 
the powerful wizard known as Lord Ith, would be captured and imprisoned by Marisol the Pretender in the year 418 AR, and by the year 430 AR, Joda would gain near immortality by bathing in the Fountain of Youth. In that same year, Joda would receive his magical mirror, free Lord Ith from his imprisonment who would go on to destroy the Conclave of Mages, and would journey to the City of Shadows where he would eventually become the Archmage Eternal. Meanwhile, Rasputin Dreamweaver and Tibidar of Thorn, the leader of the Knights of Thorn on Dominaria, would lead a major campaign against the Goblin tribes. The area of Almaz would fall to the Rigida Ice Monsters, and later on, the events from the Dark Legacy storyline would occur. In the year 450 AR, the true start of the Ice Age on Dominaria begins bringing the end of the Dark Ages. Between this and the full formation of the Shard of the Twelve Worlds, Sima, a close friend of Joda, would die. Joda would descend into madness, but would save himself using his magical mirror. He would use his magical mirror to save his memories, wipe his mind clean, and keep using the mirror in order to gain his sanity. Joda would repeat this roughly once per century for 2500 years. After that, the Planeswalker Taser would come to Dominaria and later would fall in love with Christina of the Woods. These two characters would end up being trapped by the nearly formed Shard of the Twelve Worlds, and in 600 AR, the Shard would be fully complete. Sometime between this event and Urza's reappearance in an unknown plane within the Shard of the Twelve Worlds, the battle mage Rabidel would be apprenticed by the planeswalker Farallin. Farallin was the character that turned the elder dragon Vivictus Asmati into a dragon whelp and recruited the dragon Chromium Rule after he left to hate his forces in the Dagon Blackblade story arc. Rabidel would end up befriending the elder dragon Chromium later on. Around the year 1800 AR, the planeswalker Urza meets the defective Phyrexian Newt Xantia and takes her along with him on his campaign against Yawgmoth. Urza would launch an attack on the plane of Phyrexia, but would end up getting defeated. Yawgmoth would end up corrupting Urza and turn him mad. About 700 years later, Urza and Xantia are brought to Sarah's realm. Sarah would end up healing Urza, but his mind was still damaged from Yawgmoth's corruption. The Phyrexian forces would eventually follow Urza and Xantia to Sarah's realm and invade the plane, which prompts Sarah to flee and the Archangel Radiant to rise to power. In the year 2434 AR, the Kingdom of Storgard falls thanks to the handiwork of Tevzat. Along with that, the character Freilis ascends to become a planeswalker. Meanwhile, in the same year, Oro Kjoldos and Jason Cartheline of the Cartheline lineage head south with their followers and found the nation of Kjeldur on the eastern plain of Tarissier. Over 200 years after this, the warrior nation of Kelt is founded by the character Craddock. He founded this nation in order to escape the cold and after being called out by the area's mountains. He would later forge a bond with the very land that called to him and would cast fire magic in order to warm the area's inhabitants. Sometime before the end of the Dominarian Ice Age, Urza and Xantia would arrive on the plain of Eglor in an attempt to learn the origins of the Phyrexians. Urza learns that Dominaria is shielded from the other planes by the Shard of the Twelve Worlds and thinks his crusade has come to a close. Urza would then try to plan on creating an artifact-based paradise on Echolor, but the idea was not taken well with the plane's elders. Eventually, Urza would have to leave Echolor when the Shard is destroyed and Dominaria is left undefended. In the year 2934 AR, Joda and the character Jaya Ballard rescue King Darian from the Knights of Stromgald, and then Joda unites Kjoldur and Balduvia to fight the Necromancer Lim Duel. Limdul has been able to raise an army of the undead in order to conquer the continent of Tarissier. Eventually, Limdul and his army of undead would be defeated. After this, the summit of the Null Moon occurs where the Elder Dragon Chromium would be killed off, the character Ravidel would become a planeswalker, and Leshrac, Limdul, and Feralyn would flee to the plain of Chandelar. Later in this year, Freilis would complete the casting of the World Spell, which would destroy the Shard of the Twelve Worlds and the Dominarian Ice Age, and begin the Thaw, which would start the era known as the Flood Ages. Urza would learn from the Echolorians that the Shard has been breached and along with Xantia would leave the plane in order to defend Dominaria from future Phyrexian attacks. In the last part of the year, Christina leaves the Planeswalker Taser, Ravidel would become apprenticed by Taser, and Taser would become homesick. Taser wants to get back to his home on Rabia, but cannot get on the plane because of the ban spell cast by Nyla after Taser left the plane. Ravidel would then influence Taser to kill other Planeswalkers in order to become more powerful and break through the Rabia ban. Taser would then hunt down Leshrac, but cannot kill him in cold blood. He would instead imprison him in the plane of Phyrexia. Ravidel would eventually leave Taser's side for an unspecified amount of time. For the next 12 years, many more events would occur. The mass flooding caused by the world spell by Freilis would drown the land of Finhorn, which is the home of elves and druids that worshipped her. Jael Cartheline and the elder druid Kesa would leave the survivors to the area of Yavimaya and make peace with the Maro sorcerer Multani and the intelligent gorilla creatures that lived there. 
Tarissier is scattered into six isles, the Shelton Empire would collapse, the country of Rena would be conquered by an evil mage, and Torsen von Ursus would rescue the city of Benfosa of the former Shelton Empire and would found the nation of Benalia. In the year 2946, the Necromancer Limdul would raise another army of the undead and attack the inhabitants of Chandelar. Azar, who is the apprentice of the character Sharmal, would end up defeating Limdul, but Limdul would have his soul placed in Azar's body, which would make the body shut down. Sharmal would hide the body in an effort to use the body's energy from keeping other planeswalkers from entering Chandelar. In the year 2954 AR, Jota unites Kjeldor and Baldubia into New Argive, while Jaya Baller was under the possession of Marisol the Pretender, whose essence survived 2,000 years inside of a ruby ring. Marisol was one of the most powerful members of the Conclave of Mages during the Dark Age of Dominaria. Jaya Ballard would destroy the machinist country of Soldev and the School of the Unseen using Phyrexian Warbeast and Soldevi Steam Beast. Jota would end up destroying the essence of Marisol, and Jaya Ballard would become a planeswalker. Jaya Ballard would then defeat the beast she originally used. Within the next two years, the Orc Shaman Set Kuar would rise to power along with another character, the Rhinewind Mage Hydar, also rising to power. Hydar was a dominary Chiromaster who tried to undo the Thaw and reinstate the Ice Age with the help of Garza Zol. Hydar would then kill the Balduvian leader Lovisa Cold Eyes, but he would eventually get killed by Garza Zol. Sometime after this, Ravidel, wishing revenge on Leshrac, Tevisat, Christina of the Woods, and all other people that had betrayed him, starts a long-term plan on Karandor. Ravidel would then battle the Warlord and Beric over the newly resurfaced Golgothian Silex, but a deal would be struck which resulted in Ravidel gaining control of the ancient artifact. In the year 3000 AR, the Sages of Minarad gather with sages that included Christine of the Woods, Ash Warlord and Beric, Altair of Kalanai, Lyanna of Minarad, and Grenfell Moor of Gultanar. The sages are visited by Ravidel, who threatens them with the Golgothian Silex. In response to this, Emberic decides to leave the council, while the others agree to give in to Ravidel's demands in exchange for Ravidel not using the Golgothian Silex. Ravidel would banish Christine of the Woods, lock Grenfell in the Sand Seas of Galtanar, and force Lyanna to be under the mind control of Ravidel's spellspire known as the Red Vizier. The other council mage, Altair, would wander Corondor for some time, while the Red Vizier would talk his way into House Cartheline in hopes that a child with a planeswalker spark will be born in this family and the child will one day overthrow Ravidel. In the year 3046 AR, Limdul's essence would defeat Azar's essence and take full control of Azar's body. He uses the body to start the Wizards' War on Chandelar, but ultimately loses his campaign. Sharmal removes Limdul from Azar's body and places him in an artifact which is used to keep the planar band around Chandelar intact. Also around this time, the character Arzakhan discovers Chandelar but cannot access it. Later on, the Guild Lords Alsadim Kamir, Starcrisis, Lichlord, Kazin, and the Great Druid rise up against the Guardian, believe they can cast a spell to gain dominion over all of Chandelar. However, it ends up being a plan of deception, given Arzakhan access to the plane. Limdul would break free of his artifact and Arzakhan would fully arrive on Chandelar. Arzakhan, however, would end up getting defeated by the second apprentice of Sharmal. In the year 3071 AR, the character Kuthaman becomes Grandmaster of the Arena and starts the Festival of the Stark. This was a festival where wizards from the Five Houses fought many magical duels against each other and would become an extremely popular event on Dominaria. In the year 3085 AR, Urza and Zancha would arrive on Dominaria and set up a house in the Kerr Ridges in order to prepare for the Phyrexians. In 3170 AR, the Empress Galena emerges from her 3000 year time stream and defeats the Council of Ethan Shi. In this year, she would also found Nouveau Dahlia. Between the year 3254 and 3255 AR, Zancha meets the character Retepe and recruits him to his cause. Zancha uses Retepe in order to help Urza and his struggles with his brother's death. The guilt that Urza felt would make him lose focus on the eventual Phyrexian threat, and Retepe, looking similar to Mishra, posed as him in order to help Urza overcome his negative feelings. Along with Joda visiting Urza after Urza's arrival, Urza would come back to sanity and focus on the Phyrexians. Urza would later kill all the Phyrexian sleeper agents on Dominaria and would fight Gix in the Caves of Koilos. Zancha and Retepe would be killed in that encounter, but they helped reveal the shared ancestry between the Phyrexians and the Thran. In the year 3265 AR, Ugin the Spirit Dragon and Azor the Lost Banks of Ravnica meet up to discuss a plan to trap and destroy Nicol Bolas. 20 years after that, Sarkon arrives in the Pass of Tarkir and helps influence the battle between Ugin and Nicol Bolas. Meanwhile, the Teleran Academy would be founded by Urza and Baron on the island of Teleria. Eight years after this, the human planeswalker Teferi would be born. Around 3300 AR, the evil human mage Johan attempts to conquer the Jamuran city-state of Bryce, 
but would be defeated by the Afravan Tiger warrior Jedet Ojanin before eventually getting killed by a sandworm. In the year 3307 AR, the Phyrexians would overrun the Talarian Academy and kill most of the people. Karn the Silver Golem is sent 24 hours back in time in an attempt to stop the attack, but the Academy is destroyed when Urza's time machine is overloaded. Baron, Urza, Karn, and several other students escape the island, and the sleeper agent Carrick would be locked in a fast time bubble. A decade later, Baron, Urza, and Karn return to Teleria and reunited with Joira, who is the last survivor on the island and the Telerian Academy would be rebuilt. However, Joira would fall into a coma. Another decade later in the year 3327 AR, Joira emerges from her coma and would end up saving Teferi from the slow time bubble that he was caught in. This was the case for Teferi ever since the destruction of the Telerian Academy in earlier years. In the year 3346 AR, Urza journeys to Shiv, discovers the Mana Ring, and starts creating the legacy artifacts. Urza also starts the Bloodline project with the goal of making the perfect soldier. Urza then travels to Yavimaya to find allies against the Phyrexians, but would become imprisoned in an ancient tree for his crimes against Argoth all the way back from the Brothers' War. The Morrow Sorcerer Multani discovers that the Phyrexians are a threat that only Urza can deal with. He eventually frees Urza and gives him the Weather Seed, which would later be the hull for the Skyship Weatherlight. The character Critic would also escape his time bubble that he was caught in, but was then defeated by Urza himself. In the year 3360 AR, Urza would go back to Sarah's realm and defeat the Angel Radiant. However, Urza would collapse Sarah's realm in order to trap its energy into the power matrix for the Weatherlight. Meanwhile, Joira and Teferi would move to the Kingdom of Jalfir. From about 3385 to around 3571 AR, many things occur in this time range. Urza reveals his bloodline project and most of Teleria begins working on it. Kroag, a Phyrexian Inner Circle member, is awakened by Yawgmoth in order to hunt down Urza and begins this by sending Phyrexian negators. The character Duval gets taken to the Plane of Wrath to become the new steward, while the character Rofellos is brought to Yavimaya to help build the forest defenses against the Phyrexians. Along with this, Karn would start to have his memory capped at 20 years. Gaitha, one of Urza's researchers, goes rogue and leaves Tolera to start his own bloodline project in Keld, and the Planeswalker Nahiri would awaken, fight the Eldrazi, and begin her search for Soren Markov. Inside of these two centuries in the year 3510 AR, the Tolgrath and the Ancients wage war on Ogratha. Ravi, the adopted grandmother of the Baron Singer, ends that war by ringing the Apocalypse Chime, which destroy the ley lines of Ogratha and kills almost everything on the plain. This would also weaken the planar barriers between Dominaria and the plain of Kamigawa. Two decades later after the ringing of the Apocalypse Chime, the orcs and the goblins that survived the chime would end up forming a kingdom in the Coxon Mountains. By the year 3655 AR, Urza gets Clan Capuchin involved in the Bloodline Project and Kraig becomes the ruler of Keld. Keld would become so powerful that it would gain the attention of the Phyrexians. Kroag would learn of the Bloodline Project and the Phyrexians would begin to attack sites where the Bloodline Project areas might be, which include Benelia, Keld, and Yavimaya. In the year 3730 AR, the character Kanda uses the research of Hizoka, along with aid from Soratami, to take Kyodai from the spirit realm and lock her in a stone disc. This would make Kanda immortal, but would end up enraging Okagachi, which starts the Kami War. In the year 3735 AR, Toshiro Yumazawa and the Orc Shaman Hidetsugu would form the Hayazan Reckoners. Five years later, the human warlord Godo begins to cause trouble on the borders of Kanda's realm, and on 3745 AR, the character Kobo would be apprenticed to Hidetsugu. In 3750 AR, the Kamigawa storyline would continue. Michiko Kanda sets out to discover her involvement in the beginning of the Kami War, and Toshiro Yumazawa gets involved in the character Mochi's plans. Michiko, Toshiro, and their companions would be captured by the Orochi of the Myojin of Life's Web. The Morochi want to kill Michiko in an effort to end the war. The group would escape, and Toshiro allied himself with the Myojin of Night's Reach to defeat Life's Web. Meanwhile, Hidekazu launched an attack on Minamo Academy and the Moonfolk capital of Obero after becoming enraged by the death of his apprentice Kobo at the hands of Choru. Along with that, Okagachi manifests into the physical world and demolishes the castle of Iganjo. Toshiro brings that which was taken to Minamo to pit against Okagachi against Mochi. The fallen samurai rises as spirits and Kanda leads them to reclaim that which was taken. Later in that same year, Hidetsugu is sent to the lair of the Oni of all-consuming chaos and merges with it. Toshiro takes that which was taken from Mochi again and brings it to Mishiko, who frees Kyodai. The two defeat Okagachi, Kanda, and Mochi and leave to form the new Okagachi. Toshiro is then taken to the Plane of Dominaria, but is blinded by the Myojin of Night's Reach as punishment for indirectly recreating the planar barriers around the Plane of Kamigawa and denying the Myojin her planeswalking abilities. On the Plane of Volgratha, a clan of dwarves would end up on the plane via a portal and would found the new settlement of New Freedom. Some of these dwarves would also set out to explore the new plane by crossing the vast oceans. 
While the dwarves are establishing themselves on Algratha, the Baron Senga would end up being trapped on the plane after being transported via an allied planeswalker for a duel. The planeswalker that brought Baron Senger lost his duel with another planeswalker and fled without the Baron. Baron Senger would eventually settle in on the new plane and grow powerful enough to overtake the dwarven settlement of New Freedom. Baron Senger would also turn the dwarven princess Irini into a vampire. Later on, Baron Senger would find his adopted grandmother Ravi locked in a vault on top of the basalt spire and the angel Sarah would arrive on the plane. Sarah would unite the nomadic tribes of Ogratha into the city-state of Isin. In the year 3770 AR, the dwarves that fled the Baron Singer attack on New Freedom and the dwarven explorers that sailed the oceans years earlier unite on the area known as the Floating Isle. Thirty years later, the planeswalker Pharaohs arrives on Ogratha and meets the magical minotaur Sandru. Pharaohs meets Sarah and the two would over time fall in love. The Baron Singer would also lie low as far as his activities go on the plane. In the year 3810 AR, the Minotaur Sandru becomes a planeswalker and would travel around the different planes of the multiverse. During his travels, he would meet Christina in the woods and they would become romantically involved. In the year 3863 AR, the character Kroag would launch a major attack on Keld and Gaitha along with Kraig would end up dying. Kroag would become seriously injured, but the Phyrexian forces would gain access to the ruins of Gaitha's laboratory. In the year 3910 AR, the planeswalker Pharos visits the floating isle and founds the wizard school there. Ravidel shows Taser the relationship between Sandru and Christine of the Woods, Taser's ex-lover. Taser would then attack Sandru and follow him to Olgratha. Sandru would then get banished away to a faraway plane. Pharos would kill Taser, but spare a center of consciousness so it could later be cleansed by Anaba spirit crafters. Later on, Sarah and Pharos placed the Pharos' ban around the plane of Olgratha. In 3950 AR, Aron the Relentless, who became the Goblin King of the Cokeson Mountains, steals a book of magic from Grandmother Sanger for Rebecca. In exchange, Aron would have a spell cast on him to become immortal. In the year 3964 AR, Adam Cartheline journeys on a quest to become a planeswalker. He intends on trying to stop a new disaster that is about to occur on Dominaria. On his quest, he would sacrifice his own wife, find the mythical Black Lotus, and is about to become a planeswalker via Ravidel's magic if he sacrifices his son, Jared Cartheline. However, Adam Cartheline refuses and the Battle of Astrofall happens. This would be the battle that kills Adam Cartheline after he sacrifices himself to cast a powerful spell in order to kill Ravidel. Ravidel would only be injured in the end, but Adam's spell squire takes the baby Jared Cartheline and flees. Eight years later, Ravidel would discover that Jared Cartheline is living as a street urchin in the city-state of Arathoxia and begins sending creatures to kill him. Jared Cartheline would end up surviving these attacks, however. In 3980 AR, Ravidel launches an attack on Arathoxia, which leaves the Scarlet Vizier dead. Lyanna of Minarad joins Jared Cartheline's side and they would end up attacking Ravidel's castle. Jared would then become apprenticed by Christina of the Woods. Later on, the two would discover that Ravidel is fighting Lyanna over the Moxen, a collection of mana-producing jewels. Lyanna would give the Moxen to Jared Cartheline and fight Ravidel in the arena known as the Abyss, but Lyanna would be killed during the fight. Jared and Christina meet Grenfell Moore, who has been working on a spell to deactivate the Golgothian Silex. Jared Cartheline and Christina of the Woods would also eventually become lovers. The Nightmare Calafir frees the character Altair. The two would then join up with Jared Cartheline and Christine in the Wood and attack Ravidel. The result of this would be the destruction of the Golgothian Silex. Ravidel would get away with the Moxins in the end, and Altair would be killed off. Later in this year, Ravidel would erect the Mox Beacon, which was a device to summon the Planeswalkers that once betrayed him to the land of Karandor in order to take away their power. This would end up triggering a war that would destroy most of Karandor and the outcome of the war being unknown. In the year 4013 AR, Rafelpus would fight the Phyrexians in Yavimaya while Duval overlaps it with the Plane of Wrath. Urza would meet Lina of the Sultari, and Croag would eventually murder Duval. In the year 4044 AR, the character Galen, also known as Garth, is born. In 4049 AR, the House of Urtail in Kush on Dominaria is destroyed during the Night of Fire by the other four houses of Kush. During this event, almost all members of the Urtail House were killed off, and Garth would lose one of his eyes. Also in this year, Grandmaster of the Arena, Kuthamon, would become a Planeswalker. In 4050 AR, the character Varat Maglin founded the Otarian Cabal and becomes the Patriarch. In 4069 AR, Garth returns to Estar and starts the Time of Troubles. This happens because Garth wants to avenge his family that was killed during the Night of Fire. The Time of Troubles caused a vast amount of destruction in some areas of the Stark and thousands of people would end up being dead. This would eventually lead to the death of the Grandmaster of the Arena at the time, Zarel Ewan, and also the defeat of the Planeswalker Kuthamon. In 4090 AR, the character Ison visits the Baron Sanger in order to trick him into becoming a vampire. Ison wants to become a vampire and kill the Baron Sanger, but the Baron Sanger figures out the plot and turns him into a shade instead. In 4110 AR, the Planeswalker Pharos would die in a lab accident. 
Sarah, devastated by her loss, leaves Olgratha and would eventually be killed off. In 4130 AR, the Pharos band would collapse after years of continuous weakening. Around the year 4150 AR, the islands of Argenti and Kusho defect from the Madaran Empire. The Imperial Regent Ramses Overdark attempts to retake the islands but is thwarted by Tetsuo Yumazawa. The half-elven Marshal Elsdragon leads a major campaign against Argenti and Kusho where both island forces get crushed. Ramses Overdark has Marhawk killed off and rises to power. Later in the year, Argenti and Kusho become liberated and Ramses Overdark's manor would be destroyed. Tetsu Yumazawa would slay Ramses Overdark and the overlord of Madara, Nicobolus. Other things that happened in this year, Teferi's Island phases out while the characters Mangara, Jolriel, and Karabek seek to unravel the island's secrets. Mangara would eventually become one of the most powerful men in both Jalfir and Jamura through politics, thus beginning Mangara's harmony. This would be a golden age until Mangara gets imprisoned by Karavek. This would lead to the Mirage Wars. In 4161 AR, Stark and Greven Ilbeck are born, Prograx would be born in 4168 AR, Vule would be born in 4174 AR, Sisse would be born two years later, then in 4179 AR, Gerard Capuchin would be born. In that year, Phyrexia would invade Benalia, along with Karn rescuing Gerard Capuchin and bringing him to one of the Jamuran war clan leaders, Sadar Kondo. Within the next five years, the characters Urtai, Hanna, Borum, and Tangarth would be born. By 4188 AR, Sisse becomes a crew member for a pirate ship after being freed from a slaver ship. By 4196 AR, the Mirage War ends, the character Asmira sacrificed herself to free Mangara, and Teferi would repair the timeline. Between 4197 AR and 4204 AR, Squeed would be born, and Vuel fails his right of maturity because of the meddling caused by the character Stark. Vuel would then leave Kondo's clan and would steal the legacy from Gerard Capuchin. Around this time, Karn becomes deactivated, Vuel wages a war against his father and kills him, and the Phyrexians would approach Vuel and make him the new Evancar of Wrath. From there on, Vuel would then be known as Volrath. Raphaelus is killed during the Phyrexian attack on Urborg, the character Aster becomes a Keldern warlord, and Aster would later bow the Skorath's dragon. Finally, in the year 4204 AR, Volrath would abduct Sisse, and the Weatherlight crew would pick up Gerard, Urtai, Stark, Miri, and Krovax. The Weatherlight crew would then plane shift to the Plane of Wrath. The year 4205 AR would be one of the most eventful years of this timeline. The Weatherlight crew would free Captain Sisse, Krovax would kill Selenia, which would place the Vampirism curse on himself, and Krovax would end up killing Miri. Urtai and Krovax would be left on the Plane of Wrath, and the Weatherlight crew would arrive on the Plane of Mercadia. The Weatherlight crew would defeat the Phyrexians in Mercadia, Volrath would be killed off, Urtai would end up being corrupted by the Phyrexians, and Krovax would be named the new Evancar of Wrath. Keld would then start a war on Jamura, but Jamura would end up winning the war overall. Hannah's mother Rain, however, would be killed off by the character Greel during the Keldon invasion. After this, the Phyrexian invasion of Dominaria begins, and Urza begins to assemble the Nine Titans. The Nine Titans included Bo Lavar, Daria, Freilis, Commodore Guff, Christine of the Woods, Taser Arabia, Tevasat, Lord Windgrace, and Urza himself. The land of Benelli would be destroyed, Lanawar becomes severely damaged, Takura and Dol would be killed off, and Baron, father of Hannah, commits suicide by destroying all of Teleria. The Battle of Koilos would take place in which would result in the closing of the Phyrexian portal. The second stage of the Phyrexian invasion would occur, however, with the event known as the Wrathy Overlay. This event merged the Plains of Dominaria and the Plain of Wrath, which let Phyrexian troops be transported to Dominaria. After this, Tevisop betrays the Titans and kills Daria and Christine of the Woods. Prime evils rise again, but Karn would then convince Darigas to reverse his decision in which Darigas dives into a volcano to break the link of the Prime evils. The primeval dragons of Rith and Croesus would then be imprisoned, while Dromar and Treva would be destroyed. After this, the skyship Weatherlight would also be destroyed, and Urza kills Tevisot along with Power and the Soul Bombs. Soon after that, Gerard Capuchin and Squee would get captured by Urtai. During the later part of the Phyrexian invasion, Urza joins Phyrexia and kills the Planeswalker Taser, while Gerard Capuchin also joins Phyrexia and ends up battling Urza. Gerard would end up decapitating Urza, and Gerard would turn on Phyrexia along with being transported back to the Stronghold. Gerard would also end up killing Krovax, and the Goblin Squee killed Urtai. The remaining of the Nine Titans would activate the Soul Bomb, which almost completely destroys the plane of Phyrexia. Karn's memory cap would eventually get removed and discover a new way to read the Thran Tome. This would lead to the Skyship Weatherlight getting reborn. Near the end of the year, Multani transplants parts of Yavimaya to the borders of Urborg, while the dwarves make the volcano in which the stronghold is situated on erupt. Then, Yawgmoth would enter Dominaria as a Death Cloud, and Eladomri, Lensivi, Bolivar, and Commodore Guff would die along with a large portion of the Dominarian population. The Legacy weapon would then be completed, and Yawgmoth is slain by the combined power of the Legacy. After the death of Yawgmoth, 
Khan becomes a planeswalker. In the year 4206 AR, the planeswalker Freilis erects the Martyr's Tomb, which was a monument created on the shores of Urbor to honor those who died during the war with Phyrexia. The monument lists the names of those who died in the war and featured busts of both Urza and Gerard Capuchin at its highest point. Also in this year, Tangarth, Sisse, and Squee get a new ship, and Orum marries Cho'arim leader, Cho'mano. Sometime between the end of the events in Apocalypse and the Odyssey story arc, the character Lashrak frees the Weaver King. The Weaver King would be the main villain of the Planar Chaos and Future Sight storylines. In the year 4305 AR, the Odyssey story arc begins. Tainer discovers the artifact known as the Mirari. The characters Kurtar and Abishan try to use the Mirari but are killed in the process. Chainer would then overthrow the Cabal Patriarch, but the character Kamal would end up killing Chainer, and Cabal City would be destroyed. Later in the year, the character Balthor defeats the character Burt, but becomes a zombie in the process. Kamal would go into the Croson Forest and find Thriss, who would later train him as a druid. Kamal's sister Jessica is brought to the Centaur, Setan, after a Mirari-influenced Kamal strikes her. Kamal would then kill the zombies Balthor and Laquatus. Kamal would then officially become a druid and leaves the Mirari in Krosa. The Mirari's mutating waves would spread across all of Otaria, and lastly, the character Braids would kill Setan and bring Jessica to the Cabal Patriarch. In the year 4306 AR, thousands of Dominarians immigrate to Otaria. Kamal's sister Jessica becomes Phage the Untouchable and kills the character Nivea in a pit fight. Ixidor, Nivea's lover, would later on create Akroma, which was an illusion angel with the goal of avenging Nivea. Kamal and Phage would then lead a war against Ixidor and Akroma. Soon after, Phage would create the Deathworms in which Ixidor would be devoured by one of these beasts. Kamal would go into exile into the Croson Forest. The character Zagorka would discover the city of Avaru. The character Kuber is reborn out of a union between Phage and the Cabal Patriarch. And the character Llewellyn is reincarnated in the form of Ixidor after he leaves the Deathworm. Akroma and Phage finish their war. Kamal would come out of exile and slay Phage, Zagorka, and Akroma with the Soul Reaper. However, the Avatar Corona would be born afterwards. Corona would then drain the mana from Dominaria and leave the plane. The Avatar would then later return to Dominaria and would destroy the city of Ibedo along with the Grand Colosseum, would kill both Kuber and Llewellyn, and wreak havoc on Avaru. In the end, the unmanned sash and waistcoat would end up betraying Corona after her battle with Kamal, and they would pierce her belly with the Morari sword. When Corona is destroyed, Jessica would come back. She was taken out of Corona's manifestation and was not Phage anymore. Jessica would then ascend and become a planeswalker. Karn would then appear and take Jessica to his plane that he created known as Argentum. Karn would also turn the Mirari into the Golem Memnarch, where Memnarch would be the Warden of the Plane. However, Phyrexian oil would later seep into Argentum because of Karn, as he was unknowingly carrying traces of it to his own plane. Within the next 25 years, Memnarch would go insane and slowly change the plane. Memnarch would then rename the plane Mirrodin. From the year 4331 AR to around the year 4505 AR, the Mirrodin story arc would take place. On the plane of Mirrodin, the Ur-Golems have a near-perfect society until Memnarch becomes corrupt, goes insane, and destroys them. Memnarch would then bring many living things to the plane via the soul traps. The Phyrexian oil, brought accidentally by Karn, starts to create the Mycosynth, which was a metallic organism that merges metal with natural organisms and vice versa. Memnarch wants to become a planeswalker and starts to launch the Moons of Mirrodin. The Moons of Mirrodin, also called the Sons of Mirrodin, were gigantic artificial mana batteries that will power the plane after it's fully turned into a machine and transfer the planeswalker spark of one of Mirrodin's inhabitants into Memnarch. Glissa Sunseeker would start to come into the story, uncover the mysteries of the plane, and the final moon, or the fifth dawn, is launched. The character Yurt would dethrone the Moriok Lich Head Geth, the swamp, sludge-like area of the Mephidros would slowly expand on Mirrodin, and Glissa Sunseeker becomes caught in a temporal trap. Later on in this time range, the golden city of Tajnar, the ancient den, is destroyed, Glissa Sunseeker emerges from the temporal trap, and the battle of Kerark Home begins. Memnarch would then transport Glissa's spark to his own body, but both of them would die from this process. Soon after, all life on Mirrodin would end. The Goblin Slowbad from the Mirrodin story arc would get his spark and become a Planeswalker, and the Planeswalker Khan would return to Mirrodin and realize what had taken place on the plane. Slowbad would then give up his Planeswalker spark to resurrect all people on Mirrodin and transport the original generations home. Karn would then turn Memnarch back into the Mirari. The end of this time range finishes with Slowbad, Glissa, and the decapitated head of Geth being left on Mirrodin by Karn to guard the Mirari. Slowbad would be killed off by the goblins of the plane, Glissa would flee into the heart of Mirrodin, and would later be captured by the Phyrexians. The decapitated head of Geth would somehow flee to the Mephidros and begin his partnership with the Phyrexians. Around the same time on the plane of Ravnica, the people celebrate the Deca Millennium. The character Zadek, who is also the founder of the House of Demir, have his machines directly lead to the destruction of the guild pack and a new non-magical guild pack would be created. 
The new guild pack would end up being unsuccessful, however, in maintaining the guild's control. Around this time also in Dominaria, with the collective efforts of the Silex Blast, the Tolarian Time Travels, the destruction of the Shard, the rebirth of Corona, and the Wrathy Overlay, magic, time, and reality start to become increasingly unstable and would become more difficult to planeswalk on the plane. This would be known as the Mending. In the year 4505 AR, Teferi, Joyra, and a pair of Vaishino and Gitu return from their self-imposed exile and find the plane of Dominaria in a state of decay. Teferi begins work to try to return Jalfir and Shiv to Dominaria without further damaging the plane. He would then give up his spark in order to close the Shiv and Time Rift, and Lord Windgrace would imbue Urborg with his essence, which closes the Urborg Rift. Karn would then disappear after closing the Tolarian Rift, Nicobolus would destroy the Honden of Night's Reach, and Bolus would turn the Myojin followers against her. Soon after, Jeska falls under the manipulation of Leshrac, closes the rift over Jalfur, but would end up destroying Jalfur in the process. Jeska would then close the rift over Yavimaya, but damages the ecosystem. She would then try to close the Madaran Rift, but Leshrac's plot would be revealed. Leshrac planned to use Jeska and steal the dark powers of Phage in an attempt to become more powerful and fight Nicol Bolas. If successful, Leshrac could end up stealing Bolas's power and become the most powerful planeswalker in the multiverse. Bolas would end up defeating Leshrac using the Mask of Night's Reach, along with manipulating an enthralled Leshrac to close the Madaran Rift. Jeska would end up giving up her life to close the final rift over Otaria. Teferi sets out and becomes a mage of Sukata. Joyra would meet a man claiming to be the character Joda. Rada unifies the Keldans and the remaining Sky Shroud Elves, and the character Venser departs Dominaria to explore the plains. In the same year on the plain of Kaladesh, Aether is successfully refined and an era of prosperity would follow. Between this and the current events of the MTG universe, Una, the Queen of Fairies of Lorwyn, tries to interfere with Lorwyn's natural linear progression, but are ended by the Tree Folk of Kolfenor. Una's duplicate, Marilyn, assumes control of the plane with the help of Kolfenor's sapling and the elemental Ashling. Marilyn would then restore the normal flow of day and night over the plane. Nisa Ravain would end up on Lorwyn and study black mana under the elves of the Guiltleaf. In the year 4551 AR, the Minotaur planeswalker Angrath becomes trapped on Ixalan. In 4553 AR, Baral tortures Bunaret on the plane of Kaladesh to capture the young pyromancer Chandra Noir. In her moment of almost being executed, she ignites her spark and ascends. In 4554 AR, Elspeth Tyrell arrives on Bant and begins her training as a knight. In the year 4557 AR, Jace Bellerin would become an employee of the Infinite Consortium on Ravnica, and on the plane of Ragatha, Chandra would overthrow the Order of Highland. In the year 4560 AR, Jace defects and joins Liliana Vess to dethrone Tezzeret as the Infinite Consortium's master. Tezzeret's inert form is then picked up by Nicol Bolas. In the same year, Sarkhan Vol becomes a vassal of Bolas shortly before the reunification of the Shards of Alara upon Jun. Bolas reaps the seeds of war as the fractured Shards of Alara reunite. When the Shards are brought together, the Maelstorm occurs. This energy would be absorbed by Bolas and most of his godlike powers would return to normal after Bolas lost his powers during the Mending. After this, Bolas would fight a Johnny Golmain, but would be driven off the plane. The Unified Alara would go into a worldwide war between the former Shards. Elspeth would then flee to Urborg after the Conflux. Around the same time on the plane of Mirrodin, the Phyrexians would begin to corrupt the inhabitants, corrupting the land, and eventually all of the plane. In the year 4561 AR, Liliana Vest takes control of the Chain Veil and uses its power to overthrow Kothafed, one of her demon masters. Garrick Wildspeaker runs afoul of Liliana and becomes cursed. He would eventually seek out Jace to find Liliana, interrupting his research of the Dragon Scroll that Chandra had stolen from the plane of Kephali. In the same year, the Archangel Avacyn and the demon Gristlebrand, in which Liliana Vess owes a portion of her soul, disappear from the plane of Innistrad. Chandra arrives on the plane of Zendikar to look for a ruined sam's name, Anawan, in order to search out for the Eye of Ugin. The pair would encounter Sarkhan once they reach the Eye and plans to sacrifice Chandra for unknown reasons. Jace would then appear and help out Chandra in order to defeat Sarkhan. Their actions, however, trigger a reaction in the Hedron surrounding the Eye of Ugin. Chandra and Sarkhan would leave Zendikar, and Jace would later leave the plane a couple weeks after their departure. Sarkhan would return to Bolas's meditation realm to inform Bolas of the events of the Eye of Ugin, in which Bolas would reveal Tezzeret's newly rebuilt body to Sarkhan. Nisa Ravain and her Tajura allies are attacked by the Eldrazi Broods. Sora Markov shows up and deals with the remaining of the Eldrazi group. He then recovers the ruined mage Anawan after three months of Anawa being enslaved by the Eldrazi. Nisa would help Soren go to Okoa, but upon arrival, the two would erupt into a major argument over the state of the plane of Zendikar and whether the Eldrazi should remain on the plane. Nisa would then break the central hedron in the Eye of Ugin that results in the Eldrazi Titans to become free. In 4562 AR, Gideon Jura falls Chandra to the plane of Zendikar, but lost his track of her around the Eye of Ugin. 
Gideon, while on the plane, stayed at Fort Keth and defeated a small force of Eldrazi broods that attacked the fort. Upon seeing the Eldrazi Titan Emrakul, however, he fled the plane and went to Ravika to seek help from the Infinite Consortium. In the same year, Bolas finished his efforts to restore Tezzeret's mind and body on the plane of Jun. He then gives him the task to find the secret of Ethereum from the character Crucius the Mad. After becoming successful in that mission, Bolas then sent Tezzeret to the plane of Mirrodin, having become aware of the Phyrexian taint that is spreading on the plane. Kotha the Hammer encounters Elspeth and Venser on Urborg and enlists their help in dealing with the Phyrexian corruption on Muradin. Overall, after many weeks, they would succeed in freeing the Planeswalker Karn, but Venser would end up dying. Sora Markov would then return to his home plane of Innistrad and discover that the inhabitants are destroying themselves. Garrick would pursue Liliana to Innistrad with the intent of having her remove his curse or killing her for having it placed on him. Months later, Liliana would track Gristlebrand's disappearance to the Hell Vault and manipulate Thalia into destroying it. In the year 4563 AR, the dragon leader of the Izzet League, Niv-Mizzet, begins his research into the nature of the Implicit Maze and appoints the planeswalker Railzarek as the lead researcher. Gideon Jura arrives on Ravnica to find tensions increasing amid the rise of the Gateless and the resurgence of the Guilds. He continues his search for allies with his fight against the Eldrazi. Jace would then finish his own research concerning the Implicit Maze. Shocked by the answers he discovered, he would erase his own memory, effectively losing six months of his own life. However, the activities coming from House Demir draws him back in and Niv-Mezzet takes charge of running the Implicit Maze. In the same year, Elishnorn, the Praetor over the white faction of the Phyrexians on Mirrodin, seizes power over the red and black factions of New Phyrexia. Koth of the Hammer attempts to assassinate Elishnorn with a powerful spell bomb, which forces Elspeth to leave New Phyrexia for Theros. Koth of the Hammer would end up escaping his encounter with Elish Norn in hopes that the Mirren Resistance can one day overthrow the Phyrexians. In 4564 AR, Xenagos enacts his plans to manipulate the gods into confronting each other, forcing Crufix, the god of time and horizons, to enact the silence. This would remove the other gods from the plane of Theros, leaving his path open to ascend to godhood. Following a battle in Akros, Xenagos ascends into Great Revel, which throws power off balance in Theros. Alongside of Johnny Golmane, Elspeth enters the realm of Nyx to topple the new god, but it ultimately costs her life. In the year 4565 AR, Soren Markov arrives on the plane of Tarkir and releases Ugin from the Hedron Cocoon. Soren tells Ugin about the release of the Eldrazi, but Ugin dismisses him and demands that he seek out the Planeswalker Nahiri. Sarkhan Vol would return to the past from saving Ugin from Nicol Bolas during his time travels. The plane of Tarkir is ruled by different dragon lords, and Sarkhan would end up seeking out Ugin in order to explain his own role in the release of the Eldrazi and about saving Ugin's life in the past. Sarkhan would then leave Ugin and seek out Narset, who was the planeswalker he had met in the previous Dragonless timeline. On the plane of Zendikar, Gideon Jura returns to the plane with other planeswalkers Jace, Chandra, and Nisa in an effort to fight the Eldrazi Titans. While they're trying to plan on luring the Titans into the Hedron network, Amnixus would intervene in the planeswalkers' plans by destroying the network, which also freed the Eldrazi Titan Kozilek. Amnixus would end up capturing three of the four planeswalkers and torture them for some time until Chandra rescues the group and forces a fight with Amnixus. He would eventually escape from the plane and the four planeswalkers would make a pact on Zendikar to protect the multiverse and thus the Gatewatch was formed. The Gatewatch would then go and defeat the Eldrazi Titans Kozilek and Ulamog on Zendikar. Not long afterwards, strange things start to happen on Innistrad which prompts Jace to investigate the world. The Planeswalker Nihiri is causing problems on the plane itself in an effort to seek revenge against Sora Markov, who imprisoned her in the Hell Vault years prior. Nihiri would use her Lithomancer powers to create cryptolifts in an effort to gain some of Innistrad's power. Later on, the now corrupt Avacyn would be slain by Sorn, but Nahiri using her Lithomancy and stone structures would summon the Eldrazi Titan Emrakul to corrupt and destroy the plane. Upon noticing this, Sorn assembles a vampire army to attack Nahiri in retaliation. The result of this would be a victory for Nahiri's newly corrupt army, Sorn being encased in stone by the Planeswalker, and Nahiri planeswalking away from Innistrad. With Amrakul now on the plane, Jace would bring the Gatewatch with an unlikely ally in the form of Liliana Vest to confront the Titan. With Liliana and her necromancy, she assists the Gatewatch by being able to call on the undead. During the confrontation with Emrakul, the group of planeswalkers, along with the assistance of the Moon Sage Tamiyo, were able to imprison the Eldrazi Titan inside of Innistrad's moon. After that, the storyline would arrive to its current state, which include the conflict with Tezzeret on Kaladesh, Nicol Bolas's presence on the plane of Amonkhet, the storyline for the plane of Ixalan, and the recent adventures of Dominaria. So that's all for the timeline, everyone. If you enjoyed this video, be sure to like and share the video along with subscribing to the channel. You can also enjoy the series that we are known for, which is Card Anthology, a series that we created that goes over the history of each individual set of Magic the Gathering. If you would like to support us in other ways, check out our Patreon if you would like to start becoming a patron, or by making a one-time donation on our PayPal page. You can access these websites by clicking on the link in the video description. 
That is all I have today, everyone. Coach over here signing out, and I will see you all next time.